When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 80 of FPL Black Box. My name is Az and Mark is back behind the wheel. What can possibly go wrong? How are you, Mark? Bang on time. Look at that. What efficiency. <laughs> Bang on the nine o'clock. Uh, please say it's gone so far, but we'll see if we go down within the map of minutes. But no, I think we'll be all right. My internet connection's okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be in the chair once again, Az. Yeah, you're that perfect blend, aren't you? Of, of You want to control everything, but you've also got that anxiety when you're actually doing it. It's, it's the perfect combo, perfect blend. Absolutely. It calls for a stress-free <laughs> half hour before we go live, doesn't it? Every, <laughs> every week. To be every fair, week, I, yep. think, I think I've been all right this time. It, was all, it all came together. It was all fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a mini meltdown, but a, a, mini a, meltdown. a, a very mini one this time. Yeah, it's been good. <laughs> Talking of meltdowns, my team, eh? What about tonight? It's all about my team, isn't it? It's all about, I love it. It's all about me. And, all about and why you. is it all about me? Look at those ranks. <laughs> it's pretty bad, isn't it? I mean, I'm half your rank though, which is, um, you know, any other season, I'd be, I'd be delighted with that, but not great, is it? No, <laughs> not is it. I mean, I think I am officially the lowest ranked content creator in the community, right? Am I? I think, I think I might be. I don't know. But there's a theory, isn't there? Like we get more people watching the worse I'm doing. Mm. Um, so oh, yeah, we've, got, we've, got eight, we've got 800 in already, so... Definitely that theory checks out. Yeah, there you go. So the worse the worse I do, the better it is for the show, which uh, in more ways than one. Yeah, so tonight we are going to be talking about my wildcard, uh, about my thinking behind it, why I played it, some of the theories about what the players I've got rid of, the players I've got in. But we'll be doing the regular data check as well. Um, three game weeks, not a lot of data to go on, and we'll caveat that when we start. But first, as, first as a word from our sponsor, I believe. We need some like, fancy theme music when we go we into We do, play. don't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this episode is sponsored by uh, NordVPN. We've already done a couple of um, sort of uh, plugs for, for them in, in other episodes. Uh, if you don't know what NordVPN is, it's the leading VPN service and malware blocker. It's the fastest VPN on the market. It's the best rated VPN on the market. Uh, as well as the VPN, uh, you've also got the ability to generate and store passwords uh, to protect your files on the encrypted cloud. And like you found, Mark, bypass region blocks. No, absolutely. And uh, what have I been watching with that with that region block bypass? I've been watching Columbo, classic Columbo, <laughs> my favourite, my favourite detective series. Uh, and and you can't get it all on iTunes. You can only get series one and two. So what I've been able to do is go over to Peacock. They've got it all, every series on there. Been I blissful. love it. You've got 5,000 plus servers across five, 59 different countries. And we're using it to watch... Uh, Colombo, but yeah, you can watch US Netflix, Japanese anime stuff, kind of whatever whatever stuff you want. Um, another thing is obviously with the privacy as well. Uh, you know, privacy is a big thing in the FPL community, uh, especially if you're using public Wi-Fi. You don't know who's snooping on you. Hackers can take advantage. They can get all your passwords, your bank details, even your home address, all stuff like that. So you connect to a VPN and that can protect you um, on that kind of stuff. Uh, there's three plans. You've got the standard, the plus, which is the regular VPN and the password manager and complete, which is VPN, password, and a terabyte of encrypted storage. You get four months for free if you use our code, uh, and it starts at just £2.40 a month. There you go. A lot of Columbo fans in the chat, which is great. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> great to see. It's nice to know there are some fellow Columbo fans out there, and it's not just uh, it's not just fancy football obsession I share with people out there. It's really good. Never watched Columbo. 
What? Don't even know what it's about. Oh my god! Well, a we detective. Are, we like have to detective. change. Me and my mates have Columbo nights where we come round and we watch our favourite episodes. Is that going too far? I've got t-shirt. I've got mugs. There you go. Wow. And a little no, bit no, more no, about my life. There you nothing go. Nothing on your backdrop. Some, that's upsetting. No, maybe I should get something in. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, right. Over to fancy football. Um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big week for me. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of like. In panic mode, perhaps playing the wild card. What What was your reaction when you'd heard I played the wild card? What was your thought? Um, my my first thought was, oh, he's just doing this to get Salah in. That's a real shame. Um, mm. That was kind of what my first thought was. I was like, okay, you're going to have to kind of, you know, another goal for him. Not ma- a massive haul, but obviously with Son not performing and stuff, I, I kind of thought you're going to have to make that move. And I was happy when that might not be the case. Give a little bit yeah. of a spoiler. Oh, yeah. you look, oh no, that's that's not what I wanted. No, to hear. no, no, no. I don't. I don't think I am going to go Salah. And we'll talk a bit about Salah later on. I mean, it, it's it's very very difficult the Salah situation because um, Liverpool aren't playing well. Salah isn't playing well. We've only got three weeks of data and three weeks of eye test to go on. And of course, Salah is an absolute legend. So you know, we it, it's against our better nature to go against him. But I started the season thinking. Uh, I think he might regress a little with Darwin mm. in the team. And I expected Liverpool to change their system. I think I've seen some evidence of that with Salah spending a lot of time out wide. The early data suggests it. We'll look at that in a minute. Uh, and obviously I went Son thinking that he would get perhaps more chances this season playing in the more attacking role as we saw for the second half of the last season. And he has, his shot volume has gone up, but he hasn't delivered and Salah has. So it's just not worked out for me. Whether I get Salah at this point, of course, the optimum thing to do would be to get Salah. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, no, no, I'm not being, I'm not, I'm being serious. Oh no, right? I'm oh, no, being serious. No, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it, it would be because yeah. we we know exactly what he can do, and you know he's done it so far without actually playing well. So people will say, well, what happens when he does play well? Surely he's going to absolutely smash it. But you know, I, I'm still a little bit skeptical about uh, Salah's role for Liverpool at the moment, particularly when Darwin comes back. And I'll look at some data. Um, but the big caveat is all you know, top of the show, all the data we show today is after three game weeks. We are going off that because that's all we've got to go on as well as the eye test, right? So I know people are going to be screaming, but it's such a small sample. You can't make these calls based off that. I understand. I totally understand. But it is all we've got and we've got to look for some. It's informative. It's not, mm. it doesn't give conclusions, but it, it informs to an extent. And obviously I'm playing the wild card, so I've got to go with what I've got. Right? I can't, I can't, sit here and wait for 10 game weeks given that I've had the worst start ever to an FPL season. I think I had to move. Um, you know, I I didn't have Jesus and his performances, unlike Salah, have been incredible. He's looked amazing. He's looked the player that I didn't think he was. Like, he didn't show up the way he's been showing up for Arsenal at City, did he? He didn't have those opportunities to shine. Um, I mean, what do you make of Jesus' performance? Why do you think it is that he's looked so special in that Arsenal team? Is it just because City had a gallery of stars and Arsenal don't or what what do you reckon it is yeah I mean I, I was I was skeptical about him um you know I've, I've seen him play plenty of times for City and always thought he's a, a, an amazing squad player to have he's always busy always you know sort of uh, always doing a good job for the team but I doubted him as like an out and out goal scorer for, for that club mm. whether he was really good enough to, to lead the line I mean he did a good job you know when Aguero was injured and he came in and he had some good seasons but I never really thought he had the full backing to, to be that player and you know last year when he shipped over to the right wing and that it's kind of not really what what he wants I don't think so I mean it's a massive confidence boost isn't it Arteta's worked with him before knows what he's about has brought him in stuck him straight in number nine he's got all these creative players around him but it's also just what he's doing off the ball as well which, which is so impressive and the, the chances he's creating for other teammates I mean the, the first goal um, for Odegaard for example was all him yeah. Martin oh, got yeah. assist for it but Jesus was absolutely brilliant and yeah, it's just he's just in that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's proved me wrong because I, I had mm. my doubts about him. I only went for him really because of the price. Uh, but yeah, he, he's been absolutely electric, and I can't really see any reason why that wouldn't carry on because mm. Arsenal are going to keep creating chances. I think they're going to have a, a, a strong season. They're definitely going to be in and around the top four, and he's still going to be eight million. Even if he goes up to nine, nine point five, he's still going to be a player. Yeah, want. and it, I mean, people were saying to me, "Well, you look pre-season. Jesus is brilliant. So why didn't you go with him?" Son and Kane were brilliant preseason, mm. right? But Son didn't. Son and Kane didn't do anything game week one, and and Son hasn't done anything for me in the three games I've had him. How much stock do you put in preseason? Do you put it put stock in it for Jesus, but not with Son and Kane? You can't. Yeah. You can't do it on a case by case basis. And so I kind of like 
reserve judgment on preseason. I didn't factor it in too much. And perhaps I should have done with Jesus. Perhaps that's a lesson learned. But I went Saka, and the gap between Saka and Jesus, as we're going to see later, is, is, is massive. So that's the main driving force behind it. Son's disappointment as well, to the point where I think he's on the verge of being rested for one of these next three game weeks because they've got the midweek game week for a look wow. in a minute. Uh, and I think I think that's the risk. But let's let's look at our game weeks just gone first of all, shall we? Because I think that um, I think that's where where we ought to start because mm. it, the tale of Wogan. We'll start with your game week, though. Uh, <laughs> Fifty-three points. Um, you've got uh, Ward in goal, Trent Canchella. I'll let you talk for it. Actually, now you've caught up. Go talk us for your teams and how many points you got with that fifty-three. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of just relying on on a couple of players really. I mean, Ward, uh, Trent, Cancelo, James, all, all blanking. Um, Perisic uh, and Zinchenko um, coming good. I mean, I've, I had Perisic from the start, so him getting rewarded, you know, is is nice because now it's kind of like he's got four points in every game, right? Or that's not the best way to look at it, but you know what I mean. Now he's got kind of twelve points. It it feels like that wasn't a completely terrible idea. At least he's got me, me something. I mean, I was amazed with how many people were buying him. Mm. Um, I was thinking of selling him, <laughs> for example, but. Yeah, a few, a few people did get him, and it was it was a great performance for him in the, in the second half, and just showed what what kind of damage he can do if he plays in that in that spot. So, yeah, happy with that. Uh, Zinchenko, I bought in for Dean. I mean, it, it looks good on paper because obviously Dean lost the clean sheep. Actually, if I hadn't done that, I could have just played Pereira, and then I would have got eight points from him. So again, it's these defensive transfers. They they you know even if you make it and they it, it, you know you only get your points back basically if Dean gets two and Zinchenko gets six. So I only broke even with that really. Um, but then I would have had more if I played Pereira, but whatever. I'm much happier with Zinchenko going forward. And then Salah captain, uh, De Bruyne with the assist, Mount with two. My God, Mount. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Martinelli with six and Jesus with four. So I bought in mm. James, Zinchenko, Martinelli. Uh, they got 13 points between them, which I would have, I would have hoped for more. Uh, but Perisic got me a kind of a, a basically a grey arrow. So... Average week. I was surprised though that 53 points was a kind of a, a red arrow at this yeah, rank. Yeah, it shows yeah. that, you know, people are getting points um, from a lot of different places. Yeah, and it, it just shows how difficult it's going to be this season to climb up the ranks, I think. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a long, tough season unless you can find effective differentials on a regular basis. It's going to be a slow, slow climb. If indeed mm. we do climb at all, let's hope we do. Um, let's look at my Don't team. say that. Yeah, I know. That's exactly. Um, 39 points with a four-point hit as well. So 35 Ooh. points. Disastrous. I mean, I've had three consecutive game weeks at 5 million or more game week rank, which gives, puts me 6 million in the world, which is the lowest rank I've ever occupied at this point. It's the captains, isn't it? There you it's go. the captains that are killing yeah, me. Yeah, captains have killed me. Um, and I'll talk about things in a minute, but I'll go through the team. Ramsdale with six, Cancelo with a zero, Trent with a zero, James with one. Walker with one. Uh, captain was Son in midfield with, with just the six, of course. He has two. Saka three. Martinelli six. Haaland six. Tony eight. So my transfers in for the game week for a hit were Johnson out to Tony uh, and Robertson out for James. So Robertson for James was okay. Um, one point each. But of course, my man Brennan oh, no. delivered the goal and, um, and a 10-point return. So there you go. I was down on the deal by six points. So I lost faith in Brennan. Uh, I, I did think we'd get a result at Everton. I thought we actually might win. And Brennan was always going to be a threat. And obviously it was bittersweet when he scored the goal. But no, I was mm. delighted when he scored the goal. Let's face it, I was running up and down the garden. So, yeah. Uh, but Tony, I don't regret getting in because I got him in before the price rise. He's had another rise and I'm going to keep him on the wild card. So it's not too bad. Same for James. Um, got him in before the rise. I think I saved 0-4 by making those moves. So 0-4 for four points. It's an argument whether you want points or pounds, but I think 0-4 is a decent saving, so I'll take it. But I, I think I have to react. I mean, my team looks okay. It doesn't, and I'm look, sure... it doesn't look like a wild card, no, like a team no. in need of a wild card, does it? And That's the thing, the thing is, I think Son and Saka could well return this week. But the trouble is, I do think, you know, Son... Well, let's have a look at the fixtures because I want to look at um, this situation, the schedule um, going forward. So the, the, let's just go to this graphic first, which is again from... Holly Shand, the lovely Holly Shand, who did this graphic um, earlier this week, which kind of uh, shows now that from this point on, from game week um, five, uh, four onwards, there's midweeks to think about now. So we've got a midweek game week five coming up. More on that in a moment. But then from game week six onwards, the teams in Europe have midweek games all the way through to game week 15, 16. 
So it is a factor now, isn't it, that we've got to consider the fact that these big teams, and let's face it, our FBL lineups are made up of those players in big teams. They're going to have midweek matches. What's your hot take on that at the moment? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's tough. I, it's, it's one of those ones that's kind of the worst season for it to happen. I mean, a lot of us are may, maybe not so much, but I'm, I'm one up front, for example, with, with Jesus. And there wasn't a lot of investment in, in up front, um, you know, kind of at the start of the season. So there's quite a few people knocking around with like an archer and a Greenwood kind of in their, in their sides. And that just doesn't give you the bench option for when, you know, when this is going to when it's going to happen. I think though that what we're going to see is rotation and not like and not full rest for, for players. Hmm. So I think that kind of means that planning is is just a lot trickier to to do and maybe not even worth thinking about too much because t- players are going to come on and maybe making sure we've got stacked benches isn't the best play. You know, make, taking out players like Perisic and and Marcelli who might be rotated or even Haaland as a lot of people are doing. I'm seeing a lot of, of worry about about those, but I kind of just feel like they're going to get minutes and everyone's going to be at risk. I don't think there's too many players that are, are guaranteed to play 90. Maybe Tony is kind of no. one of them, but even someone like Saka, who I thought was would play 90, is, is being kind of in and out of the mm. team. So mm. my, my hot take on it is, you know, we've had Champions League before. We've, we've had this kind of thing before. And I think with the five subs, we're going to see our players coming on. So I think it's less of a problem maybe than it would have been previously. Really? Surely with the five subs, the managers are more likely to rotate because they know they've got the opportunity to turn the game if it goes wrong. So yeah, if I'm... What can, if you, I'm, what can you do though? What can you do about it? You, you can't... No, no, no. I'm saying... I'm not saying there's anything we can do about it. I'm saying if I'm in a Premier League manager yeah, and I've now got the prospect of midweek games, I can surely be afforded the luxury of resting more players yeah. in terms of starting them because I know they're on the bench and I can bring five subs on. So if I'm 2 nil down after 20 minutes, I can correct it. So, whereas before you only had three subs, so you've got I'm, that I'm, little I'm, bit more power to. Yeah. If you rest, if you rest the wrong play, you can correct it quite early on. So I think there's more likely that we are going to see players not start. Is my theory, but it is only a theory. I mean, what's your? Well, no, I, I think you're right. My my point is, I think it's less of it's less important for us really because trying to predict it is yeah. is, is just. Like Perisic is a perfect example, right? I, I can't see Perisic, even though his minutes are going to be managed. I can't see him missing a full ninety. If he's fit, no, 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 he, no, no. even across this period, because he'll no. still come on, and that's because maybe if there was three subs, he'd be more at risk of, of missing out. But yeah. with a five, I think he's he's probably going to see minutes across all of it, which I mean, which means I think he's a fine hold. I think if if it was three subs, I'd probably be looking at selling Perisic after game week after game week five, because he's yeah, probably going to yeah. play in the Champions League and not in not in the league. But I think he'll, yeah. he'll he'll get enough minutes to be all right. I, I think so, but if if you sat, if if I told you now Perisic doesn't start a Forest and you had a decent twelfth player, would you start Perisic even though you know he's not starting the game and you had someone who you wanted, like say you had, I don't know, a decent player you want to play Trossard or something who's your first mm. sub, would you still start Perisic even though you know for sure he's only get twenty minutes? You're not going to, are you? Well, so you're you're kind of hinting at should we be keeping the Champions League players? Should we be going down to the lower? mid-table teams. Well, there, we is, there, is, there is a bit of that. Mm. Uh, and there is a bit, I think, that there is going to be some predictability. Like, I think if Perisic starts at Forest, he probably won't start in midweek, I would say. Because he's not going to start three games or he's not going to start at the weekend, right? So we're going to... There is a bit of predictability. There's no way Perisic starts three games, four, five and six, is there? No. Right, so there, we know that. So we, it gets more easy to predict as we go through those game weeks. Let's, let's look at... Well, unless his minutes are managed to the point in which he's only played, you know, if, if he comes off at seventy minutes twice in in a row, then maybe he does start the third one, gets another seventy. Think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's, it's, maybe. It's, yeah, we don't know. It's no. tricky, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to know. Yeah. We can only speculate that we expect to see. Like, so this is game weeks four to six. So we've got game week four this weekend, and then game week five in midweek, and then game week six at the end of this chart here, as you see, and then the color code is the number of days between matches for the teams that we've got. Mm. Uh, and so significantly, Man City, Liverpool and Spurs only have two clear days between game weeks five and six. So you'd expect to see rotation somewhere over these three game weeks in those teams. Because, you know, so for example, Haaland, is he going to start a Palace, Forest and then Villa when he's only got two days between the Forest game and Villa? I guess the only scenario where he could is if he comes off after an hour against Forest, which could happen, as you say. Um, but I think we, this week will tell us more. Right? So the, these these three game weeks will tell us more about what we can expect when the European fixtures come in, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, look at looking at you know Chelsea. They're the teams that you don't want this on, right? You, you, we've got Liverpool assets, we've got City assets, mm. you know. And then I'm looking at someone like Chelsea and thinking, oh, the fixtures are good, but they're not really playing that well. And it kind of makes me want to keep the likes of Mount and and James and people with Cucurella and stuff. When really are they good enough to hold like triple Chelsea, for example? Given kind of what we've what they've shown so far, so. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just, I just don't really know how much to to kind of read into it. I, I just, I, no. I look at Haaland, for example. Haaland's the perfect, perfect pick. I mean, Pepper's said that he's gonna not play, like, but he's not gonna not play at all, right? He's still gonna get significant number of minutes. In the over, the, over the three games, he'll get what should we say, hundred and forty plus for about hundred and seventy minutes, probably. Yeah, yeah. I've what two seventy. So what? Yeah. Play about half. Yeah, so that's that's effectively missing one game. But then do you think De Bruyne gets ninety across all? He probably no. probably gets about no. He'll miss like he'll miss ten yeah. minutes in most games. But De Bruyne will play. I mean, I think I can sit here now and say De Bruyne will get more minutes over the next three games against Haaland for sure, mm. unless he gets injured. But I would I would fully expect him to because I think Haaland gets seventy five minutes in the games he starts, and he'll come on with twenty minutes to go in the game he doesn't start. So what's that? One hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy minutes which isn't even the equivalent of 290 minutes. So mm. it, it, we've got to think about it, haven't we? We've got, it is a factor. Um, you know, Harry Kane will start all three games, won't he? Yeah. I mean, the, the perfect, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned Chelsea, but the, the perfect team on this, on this chart is my boys, is Brighton. Because they've got the, the rest, the biggest amount of rest between, between yeah. the games. The fixtures are nice, Leeds, Fulham yeah, and point. Leicester. They're in form and they've got good players. So, you know, the likes of Welbeck, Gross, you know, even Dunk, um, as well, uh, kind of centre back and Sanchez. You know, mm. I mean, you know, if 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 it goes well, we we could be like second in the league by the by the time Gary Gate rolls around. We got we've got such a good run um, at the moment. It's a, it's a it's a good time to invest in us. Yeah, I mean, going back to the rotation, I don't think Liverpool are concerned because they don't have the squad depth at the moment. No, that's true. So you know, Salah, Diaz. I mean, if Jota was fit, if I mean, Darwin Simic, was available, for Robertson, he's been yeah knocking around a bit. But Darwin will be available for game week six, so he mm. could he could come back in then. But he's not he's not going to influence game weeks four and five. So I don't think there's any concern over Salah. I don't think anyone's ringing the alarm bells there. Haaland, we know, will likely miss one of these three games. And the thing about Haaland versus Kane is Kane will not only probably start all three, but probably get ninety minutes in all three because Rashalison will be used. Rashalison Mora will be used to bring off Kudelski and Son. I would have thought. I don't think Kane will get miss any minutes. So there is a big difference between Kane and Haaland potentially mm. over these three game weeks. Um, so is, is so th- this this is influencing your wild card, isn't it? Yeah, is of course it is. Of, I've got I've got yeah. to think about this, right? But the thing is, we're sitting here now, and we can only speculate. We can only speculate what it, impact it's going to have, and then we can only speculate that the, what we see over these three game weeks will carry on during the European games. But you know, a scenario I'm looking at is yeah, we do see some rotation in midweek in preparation for game week six. Because I think, I think you know, Pep's almost come out and said that. And we've got to expect that the, the managers of the teams in Europe are preparing to do that over the course of the next, you know, up to game week 17, because of the schedule we just saw. Um, there's no way. I mean, even Salah probably will miss one or two games between now and game week 17, I would have thought, unless he's not playing the European games. He might not. Mm. But you've got to think when Jota and Darwin come back, Salah won't play every single game, I don't think. He'll probably miss one, maybe maybe only one. Um, but, you know, it's more like... Well, they can't, they can't bench him if they keep carrying on the start Not of the, the season moment. they've had so far. Not yeah. at the moment, no. Um, yeah. So it really depends on if Liverpool win the group, maybe they can rest players in the in the group matches for the last two ties. Who knows? I mean, we don't know. It's, it's purely speculation, but we, we're expecting some effect, aren't we? With regards to Son, I look at this and think, I think he could miss one of those three games which is another reason why I've wildcarded. So I look at it and think, I could hold Son for Forrest. To be fair, the way he's performing at the moment, Richarlison could start the Forest game. And I know Spurs fans are saying they think that might happen. Even if he starts Forest, I think he'll miss the West Ham game and, and Richarlison will start that mm. one with the idea that Son comes back in two days later against Fulham. Do you agree or do you think Son's going to start all three? I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't looked great and I don't think Spurs have looked particularly great either I think they particularly in the first half against Wolves it was such a lethargic kind of game wasn't it and, until mm. 
until it kind of you know went up a little bit in in the second. But I mean, against Chelsea, they were awful as well. They got off to a slow start against Southampton, but then eventually kind of worked through. So it's only really ninety minutes of good football they've had across three games and across two different games. So there could be changes that that come in. It's it's just really hard to imagine Son being dropped. Yeah, totally. Um, because yeah. it's not, it wouldn't even be rested, right? It doesn't, you know, they could kind of say it like that. But if he's getting dropped for one of these games, it's, it, it is, it is a dropping for for Richarlison. And if Richarlison comes in and does really well, what happens then? Yeah, does, yeah. Does, I, he, does he persist with Richarlison? You know, if Richarlison comes in and scores. He can't drop him the next game. Difficult, either. isn't it? And to be fair, Richarlison's done well when he's come on. And on at the weekend, Son had a very bad game, and Richarlison come up and impressed in the twenty minutes he got. Um, you know, while we can't see Son getting dropped or rested, you also can't see Richardson remaining on the bench no. for the next three games either, can you? So who does he come in for? Naturally, it's on the right-hand side for Son, I would say. But Yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting one at the start, you know, before the season because like I, I, I just couldn't work out where Richardson would fit in. And, and the obvious person is, okay, Kulisevsky, 60 minutes, Richardson comes on. But then it's like, well, he's not, he can't play on the right. So how's that mm. going to work? Does Kulisevsky drop back to like a right wing-back slot? Now they've got... Spence and Doherty and you know everyone there. So it's, I, I, I still I still find the Richarlison signing a, a straight. I think it's a good yeah. signing in terms of cover, but I still question how many games he's going to start unless he does kind of displace Son, which just seems I completely. There's crazy. no way. I mean, Son's one of the best players in the Premier League, and he could well start and return against Forest. I'm fully prepared for that. But I still look at him and think there's question marks over one of these three starts, and I don't. I can't have a £12 million player in my team, if I'm not confident they're starting 95% yeah. of games. And at the moment, the way he's playing, even if he starts a Forest, he'd have to do something against Forest to keep his place, I think, for one of the next two. Because I think Richarlison will eventually get a start and well, it'll come for him. He's, you know, he's, he's 0.7 more than, more than Kane. He's not on penalties. He's getting subbed early. Spurs yeah. aren't even playing that well. He's not playing that well. He's not. A, he's not. He's not a nine or ten million asset anymore. No, when you're twelve, mm. thirty million, you've got to have that reliability of, I'm going to captain. I'm. I'm going to at least consider captaining you every week, you know. And if you've got two premiums, you're between Haaland and Salah or De Bruyne and Salah, like most weeks. You can't be riding out a twelve million asset that no. you're never going to captain. It's just. It's a. It's a very reluctant sell because, mm. you know, looking at the chances he's had and the fact that Forrest is a good fixture. I don't like to get rid of him, but I don't think I have much choice. Because are we, the min- are yeah, we in min- last year? Is this last year again? When I we, know, all over again, isn't it? When you talk me into went. doing it. I know, don't. And he could easily do that. And I know the consequences of it, but I just think this schedule puts a question mark over one of those starts for him. And mm. I don't think I can have a player like that. I mean, you know, if I go KDB, you could argue he could get rested, but I just don't see it. Particularly you can't if they, on a wild if they, card. If they're gonna, if they're gonna not play Harland, start Harland in one of these games, I can't see KDB getting rested. So, you know, I think I have to go without Son and sacrifice him. So, yeah, X Mins is now a factor. I think is what we're saying. Long short. Yeah, I mean, X Mins. X Mins is driving this wildcard, right? Because you're, you're talking question marks about Son, question marks about Harland. Yeah, you're not that sold on Salah. I think we can all kind of see where this is going. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. the the big reveal. Um, let's look at some data. Um, it's only three weeks, of course. Uh, we're looking at attack first and the aforementioned City at the top for XG non-penalty per 90, 1.77 XG non-penalty per 90. Really impressive. Mm. Um, probably what we expected. Probably what we didn't expect, though, was Arsenal ranked second on 1.776. Equally impressive. Right? They've shot out the blocks and been outstanding and, you know, they've rivaled City almost like like so far for XG non-penalty. Um, they, the two of them have been really impressive, haven't they? I mean, they... And it's the, the link between them is Inchenko and Jesus and they've played their part. Oh, it's... it's I mean, the signings they've made have, have, have been absolutely brilliant. I mean, we had some question marks about them last season um, and, they, and they turned out all right. You know, they brought Ramsdale in, Tomiyasu, um, Ben White. Was that last year, Ben White? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, you know, and they, and they all were kind of okay, but this year this, the signings are elite. I think Zinchenko and, and Jesus are elite signings for them. And then they've got Vieira to come in um, as well. They've got Saliba back, um, if you know, from all his loan spells. And Saliba's goal. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. Andy North, are you bringing him in? And they've, 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 they've got a really, really good and deep squad. And yeah. 
And I, I compare that to like Liverpool squad and I, I think, well, actually, I think Arsenal have got the overall the, the better squad here. I mean, Liverpool, you know, all injury-free first team. Obviously, Liverpool are one of the best teams in, in Europe and Arsenal aren't there yet. But I really like the depth of what Arteta's got in his side. And I think there's going to be players, you know, chomping on the bit to get in that side and kind of make their mark. You know, Tierney, like, is it, like Tierney is a quality player when he's fit. Mm. And he's, you know, he's not going to be happy not playing with Wisinchenko there. Got Chaka playing at the at the top level, and you know, there's so much kind of such a good option for Arteta at the moment because he's got all these players to, to choose from, and it's great when everything's going well. Like I said last week, though, the question mark is if they do dip, if they do start picking up some draws or not playing so well, and he has to start ringing the changes. Kind of what happens then? But for now, perfect team to invest in. Yeah, I mean, do you see Smith Rowe coming? I mean, that those three fixtures for Arsenal, surely Smith Rowe starts one, doesn't he? I mean, that's the thing with Martinelli. You've got to think that Smith Rowe gets a start in one of those three. Well, yeah, and you've got to think Vieira plays a little bit as well because, you know, he's, he's signed for 30 million, 35 billion. Does he come in for kind of an maybe, maybe they... to give him a rest? It's, mm. I, I, don't I just know, don't know. No. I just don't know. It's, it's really tricky. I mean, I, I do know that Smith Rowe is too good to never play football for Arsenal or only come off the bench. So mm. he's going to have opportunities to play. And we've seen him last year take those opportunities when he comes off the bench and you know, the goals he got for me when he kept going off the bench were, were, were brilliant. Um, so it's, it's a really tricky one to call. I, I just look at, I look at Martinelli and I look at Jesus and I look at Zinchenko and I think at the moment, I'll add Odegaard to that as well, but probably I still think he's not as good an option as, as those three. I think those three, I think Zinchenko, um, Martinelli and Jesus, they are undroppable for Arsenal at the mm. moment. So I'm not particularly worried about about Marcelli. I think I think he starts. I think he starts every game at the moment yeah. and, and and just gets his minutes managed. And, and maybe yeah, it's, it's Europa League where Smith Rowe will get starts and Vieira. It's just whether whether Ateta feels he has to give him something in these next three. It'll be interesting. I mean, it'll inform us, won't it? Um, Sam oh, is just, just oh, sorry, just, just quickly, just just mm. just a reminder that Arsenal aren't in the Champions League; they're in the Europa League. Europa League, yeah. Pulling down the chat, yeah. so. Yeah. You know, it's, it is different to like the Spurs and, and and Chelsea and all those who are going to be having, probably going to be playing the big guns or maybe making a few changes. Arsenal can just ring the changes in in your yeah. own. So. and that that will probably be the case, right? And and I think we'll see. We'll see. I mean, but I imagine Smith Rowe will get the games. It's, it's just whether or not Smith Rowe can, if he can keep him out of the Premier League team, because I mean, Smith Rowe won't be happy with that, will he? So it's difficult no. it's a difficult job for Arteta the way they've started to manage that and compared to Liverpool who don't have any options but they're you know, 1.56 XG on penalty it's not bad considering how poor no. they've been over the three games and that shows you that you know we expect we still expect them to score goals they're still having 17.3 shots per 90 they're still creating 2.6 big chances per 90 at the moment and that is in a team which looks almost you know Fragmented. There's no midfield. Thiago's a big loss, right? Not 17 shots per 90, right? Seven every uh, chance every 17 minutes. Is that right? No. Are we reading that table right? Yeah, no. 17, 17 chances per 90. It is. 17 chances per 90. Yeah, City, City are doing 18. Oh, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's really high. Really high. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, don't it's, forget it's, Palace. They were up against ten men. They must have had about 25 shots oh, in that yeah, game that's, alone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forget it's this small sample as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not really the the attack. I mean, the the attack is a worry in, in some ways because I, I just think with with Milner and and um, Henderson, they just haven't got that real cutting, you know, drive and penetration. I mean, you know, Milner's a, a very fit player, but he's he didn't have a he's, he's not an engine anymore, and and neither's Henderson. So I don't really know. And then you're relying on what Elliot to kind of, you know, a kid in in midfield to. to you know, the midfield is so important and always has been so important for, for Liverpool. And Fabinho was missing and, yeah, I, you know, they, they're, they're so reliant on those fullbacks and and, and, and making mm. the most of, of Salah down the right. But he had a poor game and the problem is you look across the team and you just think a lot of them are just playing really poorly at the moment. Like yeah. Van Dijk's playing poorly. Matt, yeah. um, Matip's out and Gomez was was awful. Robertson is, 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 isn't playing well. Simakas came in and didn't play well midfield you look at Salah you look at across the whole side it's not, just, it's not happening anywhere and what's no. what's worrying me as well Klopp is saying some very strange things post-match you're saying they deserve to win against United it's absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous like why say that did he say that or did he say we could have won no he said you're, he said something like you'll laugh at me but we should have won that game that's what he said and like, I just, uh, there's, there's absolutely no way you can make that case because yeah, they, were completely, well. they were completely, they were completely outperformed. Mm. And 
you know, I mean, it's nice in a way that he's not turning on the players and he he's won't. kind of yeah. trying to be optimistic. And, you know, that's, I, I do like that. With regard. But you've got to be a bit realistic and just admit when you've had a poor bloody game because they were terrible. Mm. Uh, Leeds sandwiched between Arsenal and Liverpool surprised us all. Right? 1.65 XG non-penalty per 90, an average of 12.3 shots per 90. They really come out. I mean, I, I expect Leeds to struggle this season. I didn't think they'd be relegated, but I expect them to struggle a bit. But they've just been outstanding. Uh, and Rodrigo's, we're going to see in a bit, has, has, has been the, the eye-catching player. But Harrison as well. Aronson has caught the eye. I mean... Are you are you surprised by what you've seen, and are you are you getting to the point where you're going to start backing them? I mean, I'm so surprised because again, we thought Marsh would bring in a more kind of pragmatic mm. approach to Leeds and look to tighten them up a little bit, and that would, you know, use, losing Rafina, that would mean okay, less attacking, you know, play. But they've been really good, and you know, I think Aronson has has been mm. one of the players of the season so far. He's he's just been absolutely brilliant, and. You know, a few people called that to start of the season. I wanted to give him a bit of time and see kind of how he settled, but he's he's settled so well in that side. And yeah, I mean, you got in complete contrast. We've got all their players sort of playing completely out of their out of their skin. So I think we have to kind of look at them because they've got good fixtures on the horizon. Obviously, Rodrigo's popular, but there's other options that we can kind of consider from them as well. You mentioned Harrison, this Sinistera guy whose, whose name I really like. You know, when Bamford when he comes back in, they're all options for us. Just not really in, in defence, but Rodrigo, definitely the standout. Mm. The we'll look at him in detail in a moment, but just to touch on a couple of teams that are struggling out. Uh, at the moment, after three games, and that's uh, Chelsea 1.11 XG non-penalty per 90 and West Ham 0.95. They've had a miserable start. I mean, what do you make of Chelsea, first of all? We've got Chelsea players in our team. It's not right, is it? Disjointed. Oh, it's, it's just, it's so poor. Like, it's so poor. And... They just miss having this 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 striker up front, but you know, again, it's just poor performances across the side. Like the, they're all kind of set up for Mount. That's that's what I see when I, I look at them. They, they're kind of the, the like Havertz is dropping and Mount is is bombing forward, and he just he's just forgotten how to shoot. Completely forgotten how to shoot. And yeah, then you're looking at Sterling, and you know, okay, he, he's not he's not a kind of elite. I want finisher, him to be a thing, Sterling. So do I. So much at ten million, but I just look at him and just think he's not getting chances. Really, he's not. He's he's not looking that lively. It's like they don't really know how to play with him on that side. Now they're talking about bringing Gordon in for sixty million, which is just absolutely crazy to me. I'm going to go full like Paul Merson when he was talking about like De Bruyne. Uh, but I, you know, I just can't see it. I just can't see him for sixty million. It's a lot of money, but mm. however you look at it, it's a lot of money and it seems to be a position they don't really need. I mean, they've got Ziyech and, and Pulisic. But it's not happening though, is it? Mount's not having an impact on games. It's just not spark. There's no spark in the team. Sterling can't do it on his own. He needs play, good players around him and even then he struggled at City for spells. I, I, I like I, Gordon as a catalyst for yeah. attacks, right? And they're not, they haven't got that at the moment. No, I mean, that's true. I mean, I look at, I look at Pulisic and Ziyech and think, okay, they are two players or even Hudson-Odoi. I just think these are difference makers who just mm. aren't getting any chances at all. And what more? Like it must be so frustrating being them after three weeks, oh, yeah. barely having a chance and being like, well, I couldn't have done any worse than what the front oh, three no. are doing with Havertz, Sterling and, and Mount. I mean, Mount, Mount has just been so disappointing, I think, across these mm. games. Just, just really, really poor. So something needs to change. I don't personally think it's, it's Gordon. I, I, I think they need... I, I, I don't really know what they need. I, I think they need a they need someone creative in midfield, and they need a striker. Mm. And I don't just I just don't see how Gordon is 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 going to improve them that much. I, I think he will. I think he could. But we'll see what happens. Uh, let's look at defence just quickly. Uh, Arsenal again. Arsenal and City top of that in terms of xG conceded non penalty over the ninety. Arsenal zero point six five. City zero point eight one. And then it's Brighton zero point eight three. Spurs zero point nine three. Wolves one point zero six. Liverpool 1.06. So the top six are teams with Brentford below, are teams that I do expect to see up there. Even after three game weeks, these are teams that we thought would be some of the most secure. Wolves, perhaps not to change the back four, but certainly City, Brighton, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool. These are the teams we expect to see up there. Are you are you surprised by Arsenal's resolution in defence as well? They look, they look completely robust as well, don't they? It's not like they're attacking... And they're giving up chances at the back. I mean, Ramsdale looks a bit shaky, but apart from that, mm -hmm. they look secure, don't they? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, against Palace, I think they were they were lucky, you know, to to come away from that with a clean sheet. 
think they then conceded against against Leicester, and then they played a Bournemouth side who just didn't look like they had anything. Yeah. They just, you know, I think you tweeted saying um, yeah, something about Ramsdale and how he could still be a Bournemouth and not not you know, not be trouble because it was just it was just ridiculous. Like there, there was just no pressure from them at all. So I think it's a little bit skewed based on yeah on that match, but. Again, I mean, the fixtures are great, and you know, it just the team just looks really, really solid. You look at you look at that, you know, particularly that back three. I think Ben White will eventually come out for for Tomiyasu. Then you look at midfield, and you, you know, it's a team of players who know how to play together. They attack and defend as a unit, and they've got good fixtures. So there's no reason not to think they can keep some more clean sheets over this over this period. So yeah, I I just really like Arsenal. I think they're a really fun team um, to watch. But there's going to be regression defensively because you're right. The fixtures play a part in them being top of this table here. Um, City and Brighton, maybe not regression though. City, we expect to be the best defence over the season. And Brighton, do you see them being in the top three or four? <laughs> yeah, no no still, bias in your opinion? Well, I, st- I still can't quite believe how good we are without without Cucurella and, and, and Basuma. I mm. think it's, it's just amazing how how our players have, have stepped up. And, you know, Casado's being linked with 70, 80 million moves to Liverpool and, and United. You know, Veltman's come come in. I mean, Webster was was kind of out of the team for quite a bit of, of last season, and he's come back in. And he's been playing really well, and it's just we're just such a well drilled, organised, fantastic team. And the key word is team there, because Potter has just got them all playing for each other, and they're just going to overperform this season. It's it's a really exciting season ahead for us. So I, I am surprised um, because of the players we lost, but I'm not I'm not surprised because of how highly I, I rate Potter. Hmm. Small data sample, but Leicester 1.55, just above Forest at the bottom there. So 1.55 XG conceded per 90. Although it's a small sample, at the moment, I don't see Leicester improving. I, I mean, they're going to lose for Fana by the looks of it. You've got Ward Neverson, of course, as a lot of managers have. It's not going to get any better for you, I don't think. Do you have any optimism at all? My only optimism if Ward gets dropped and Iverson comes in because I think he's better. <laughs> I mean, Ward's been really poor, really, really poor these, these mm. three games. I thought he could get, I thought Leicester, I thought he could get a couple of saves or at least one clean sheet against either Brentford or, or Southampton. And it's two games in which it's been, what, 60, 70 minutes and it's been looking quite good. And then it's just gone, it's just gone completely the other way. So really disappointing. I mean, three points from Ward. I mean, you know, I know he only costs four million, but... You're hoping for a little bit more from him, and, and like you, I, I just I can't see it getting any better because I mean, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any fight back from last season when it was really poor. I mean, they ended the season quite well last season. They've started poorly again now. No signings have come in. They're likely to lose a player. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee either they're going to take that for final money and invest it. No, because if they're if they're actually if they're struggling financially, you know, mm. and they're leaving it late. It's only what a week left to get someone in. So I think they're going to be weaker at centre-back. They're not going to have strength in other areas. They're relying on Vardy, who's who's getting on a bit now. Iheanacho and Daka haven't really performed. Tielemans wants out, definitely. Madison's probably going to get his head turned. And, and what is Rodgers thinking? Do you think Rodgers is looking and going, do you I know think what? Rogers is, Might is, be time is, to go myself. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's... I, I think Rodgers, Rodgers was doing really well at Celtic, right? He was winning the league with them. He was in the Champions League, everything. He signed for Leicester because he genuinely believed he could get them into the top four with investment and really make his mark on that club. Well, if he's not getting investment and they're selling all of his best players, mm. there's no way he's sticking around yeah. to, see, to see that ship sink. It's not good. He, he, he doesn't want a relegation with Leicester on his CV, does he? And I generally think, looking at the standard we've seen so far, it's only three games. Leicester could be definitely in that bottom six at the moment yeah. from what we've seen. Particularly, well, Only if, if they lose Madison for sure. They've got quality to not get in that position, but they could lose that quality, and that's the problem. I just like the, the, the team has got such. It's a bit like West Ham, right? West Ham are, are struggling as well, but they've they'll got such, such good players. We've yeah, yeah, got there they'll, now, they'll and, and you know Bowen and Rice, all that. But, and I look at Leicester, and I think they have got the players to to easily. You know, they they're easily a top eight side if on the yeah. day. You know, Justin, I, I read, I rate Justin so highly. Madison, Tielemans, you know, Vardy. These these are good, like top quality players, but. They're just, I just don't think there's something not right. There's something not right in that side. And I think it, it, if, if the manager's not completely invested, that trickles down to the players. If the owners aren't fully invested because of all these things, they're just, they're just a no-go. Um, yeah. Whipping yeah. boys, potentially whipping, whipping boys. boys. They are, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring the ticker up. Um, and I've done the ticker from game weeks four to 10. So seven game weeks. Do you know why I've done that? Bit of a quiz. Um, no, one, no one's talked about this, I don't think. But, 
There are there are two teams who have five home games in the next seven. And there are two teams who only have two home games in the next seven. Okay. So in the next seven, Manchester City play five home games. Mm-hmm. They play Palace, Forest, Spurs, United, Southampton. So five home games in seven. Arsenal also have five home games in seven. They play Fulham, Villa, Everton, Spurs and Liverpool. And on the flip side, you've got United with only two home games in seven and Spurs with only two home games in seven as well. It's funny how that, that's yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah. So that's how the fixtures have turned out. And I, I haven't seen anyone pick on this, but are, are, were you aware of that? Is, that? is that something that affects your thinking at the moment? Oh, it's, it's definitely not something I was aware of. I mean, look at City as well, and I look at the two away games they've got, and it's Villa and Wolves. Well, mm. That's that's pretty nice. Um, who's the other team you mentioned? Was it Liverpool? No, Arsenal, sorry. Arsenal, um, yeah. yeah. well, they've got United and Brentford away, mm. and then the yeah. other home game. So again, it's not like they're playing you know, really difficult away games with, with their good home games as well. So yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? I mean, they're top of the attacking data. You want to you want to max out on on City and Arsenal. You want you mm. want to have six six players from those. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of losing Mount and, and bringing in Gundogan. Um, he hasn't played uh, tonight. Gundogan in this random friendly against Barcelona. No, I think it's I think it's for I call it random. I think it is for a, a for good sure. cause. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I look, I look at Gundogan. I think yeah, I, I want to get another attacking mm. City player in. Uh, yeah. And look at these fixtures. I think yeah, it's a good time to do it. Yeah, and, and you know, I looked at Spurs and only two home game uh, home games in seven. But then I had a look, and Kane got 192 points last season. 105 came away from home. He was the top, one of the top scorers away from home. Son and Son and Kane got 105 points away from home last season. Do you know who beat that? Have a guess. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not going to be Salah because you wouldn't have that little. It was Salah. It was that. <laughs> yeah, he got 125. Yeah, so so even though Spurs only got two home games in the next seven. Son and particularly Kane were very mm. effective away from home last season. So don't be too down on them if you do hold one of them too. Hey guys, As here from FPL Blackbox. Just a reminder, this episode is sponsored by NordVPN. If you've ever missed out on your favourite TV show because it's not available in your region, or if you want to improve your overall internet security, you should give NordVPN a try. If you're bored of UK Netflix, for example, why not try switching over to the US or Japan? With just a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to anywhere else for your favorite shows with 5,000 plus server options. Use the link nordvpn.com forward slash FPL and you receive a huge discount on a two-year plan. You also get one month free. Don't forget NordVPN also helps you keep secure and your info encrypted. We know privacy is a big deal, and so you don't need to worry when you use NordVPN about your IP or location getting out. Uh, Using threat protection... You can also protect yourself from intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. The best thing about all this is there's literally no risk to you with the NordVPN 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, amazing. If you don't, you can get a refund and just pretend it never happened. Just go to nordvpn.com forward slash FPL and get your subscription started today. Um, let's start looking at some player data. Let's look at keepers first. And you mentioned um, Danny Ward. And if we look at the goalkeepers so far, and we look oh, at expected no. goal prevented, minus 2.80. He's right at the oh. bottom. Right at the bottom. So in other words, he should have prevented 2.80 goals so far. Uh, they got us, Mark. FPL Towers, they've laid a trap, a 4 million goalkeeper trap. You completely fell for it. that. Yeah, yeah. So, and he, and even BPS, you'd expect like with the save points, he's only made six saves in the three appearances so far. Six saves, and he's only and he's earning BPS. Well. Yeah, baseline BPS, which is just to explain that is BPS uh, without any goals and assists and clean sheets removed, right? So you don't, you know, you don't get. We're not counting that. So this is just raw BPS for saves, recoveries, passes completed. He is 11.3 per 90. If you compare him to Dean Henderson, who's at the top, not only has Dean Henderson got an XGP of 2.70, the best, he's also made 18 saves, three times as many as Ward, and has got double the baseline BPS per 90 as Ward, of 0.5 more. So it's the, quite, a, quite a swing there um, between Henderson at the top and Ward at the bottom for just 0.5. So he was a trap, wasn't he? I don't blame you. I looked at it. Who didn't look at it? Even those managers who didn't do it, I bet you they put them in the team to have a look what they could do with that extra money. 
Everyone did, surely. Yeah, I I just didn't expect Leicester to be to be this bad. Uh, I you know I I know a lot of people called it and and rightly so, but mm. I saw enough signs from the end of last season to make me think, okay, when they've got an almost fully fit squad, I know um, Pereira's out, but generally speaking, they've got most of their players. I mean, obviously the Fafana thing has has kind of hit quite late, and so's you know, the Tielemans thing and all this kind of stuff. There was a bit of unrest, but. I just, I just thought, you know, I know the fixtures weren't amazing, but I thought, you know, they've got Brentford and they've got Southampton and then in, in the harder games, he can make some saves, maybe they can keep tight, but they're, they're just, they're just, all, like, they're so bad from everything. Mm. Like they can see chance from open play. They're still terrible. They're still bad from set pieces. Can't understand it. They still can't, they still no, can't no, defend set pieces. I did predict that. I did say, no, no. You know, we see this season to season, like you'd expect Rogers would have worked on that all pre-season, but he hasn't had an effect. Doesn't no. look like it. But then losing Smichael, well, this right is what I was going to say. I, th- I think, I think, I think losing Smiker was was bigger than mm. I kind of thought it was because yeah. I, I, I have, I've seen Danny Ward play quite a few times and thought <laughs> yeah. he was quite decent, like for Wales and things. I thought he kind of slot in, but losing that experience and that presence in the box has, has affected them even even more. So, mm. I mean, you can't, you just wouldn't go for Ward on a wild card. No, uh, Henderson <laughs> is the Henderson is the four or five once Forest fixtures improve. I think you look at the volume of saves, look at the volume of recoveries as well. Forty four recoveries, so he's absolutely reaping in the baseline bonus at the moment. Baseline bonus point system, yeah, twenty two point seven per ninety. You know, Forest don't need to keep clean sheets if he gets bonus points at this rate. Eighteen saves as well. Obviously, he's certainly one to keep an eye on when Forest fixtures improve. The, the thing that stands out for me is Ramsdale has only made six saves, and his baseline BPS is ten point three, which is less than Edison. You know, you look at Ramsdale, and you think, "Well, I guess the Ward, points. yeah, less than Ward." <laughs> you, you'll get bonus points from Ramsdale in a clean sheet. Well, you're not going to at the moment because he, he's he's just not he's just not affecting the game in that way. He's only made the six saves, so his, his I guess recoveries are, are one of the lowest as well. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's not in the equation of bonus. So if you're holding Ramsdale and your defence for holding him as well, you know, it's not just about clean sheets, it's bonus as well. Maybe you do need to trade him in and look at one of the defenders instead. Well, I, I think, I think it's, it's pretty obvious to me that sort of a, a Sanchez and Zinchenko is, is better than a Ramsdale and, I don't know, a 4.5 defender. Like, mm. I, I just think there's such good 4.5 goalkeepers. Like there always is. I mean, Henderson, Sanchez, Raya, I think mm. are, are three great, 4.5 goalkeepers and I'd rather have all of those than Ramsdale because if I haven't got Ramsdale then I can go for one of the mm. defenders I think any of the defenders are better than Ramsdale Saliba um, Zinchenko or, or even Gabriel at five and who's my goalkeeper? <laughs> Not anymore surely yeah there you go another reason perhaps behind the, the wild card um, let's look at uh, defenders and this is sorted by XGI non-penalty per 90 Perisic right at the top he's only played 112 minutes so that has obviously boosted his, his expected goal involvement, non-penalty per 90, to 0.69. So you can kind of discount that at the moment. Although, let's face it, we do expect Perisic to be in the top 10, if not the top three or four, don't we, over the season? I'm, I'm going to make the prediction that he does not leave the top spot of XGI non-penalty per 90 all season. Really? You're going out, you're, what, ahead of Trent? Yeah. Think. He'll be, he'll be done, because, yeah, because I think he'll play less minutes and when he's on the pitch, he'll be yeah, relentlessly yeah. attacking. So... Trent will have spells where he's asked to maybe, I don't know, defend a bit towards the end of the game and see games out and stuff. And Perisic won't have that. Mm. So my prediction is number one Perisic. Not necessarily the most points of all defenders, but XGI non-penny per night, top. Well, <laughs> we, need, we need more data. Um, but the, the, at the top, these are players we expect to see there. Right? Alexander-Arnold, right? we know. Cream of the cream. He, he, and maybe not on the moment. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk well. about that in a minute. Sessegnon, <laughs> uh, uh, we saw the Spurs wing-backs. You know, Sessegnon and Perisic, we expected them to be up there. Emerson Royale is, where's he? He's 18th on the list. So he's not that high, but we expect them to be in the top top 10 maybe. So we expect whoever is right and left wing back to push up. But because of the rotation, yeah, we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of movement in that. Reese James, fifth, what we expected. Uh, 0.36 XGI on penalty per 90. So even though Chelsea have started poorly, Reese James has still caught the eye to some extent. Right? Are you happy holding him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I only just brought him in. <laughs> so mm. I can't, exactly lose faith in him already. I think like we talked about Chelsea and their kind of struggles up front and, and everything like that and the lack of creativity. You've got to play Reese James at right wing back. Uh, there's no, there is yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. no defence for Tuchel when they're struggling to create chances and to get forward to not play your best player at right wing back. They, the, the whole centre back experiment just has to end. 
with him because you've just got to find a way to it make it Makes a work. massive difference to their attackers. What and they need oh. him going forward. They need him. Well, it's, it's obvious. I mean, we saw last season when, when Chilwell and Rhys James were out, exactly the same thing happened. They really yeah. struggled to, to break teams down and they were so good before that and they were, you know, good towards the end of the season when, when James came in and, you know, they kind of they found a solution at a left back with Alonso coming in and out. But there's just no excuse. Like, they, they just have to play the right wing back. They lose way too much by not playing him there. But mm. Koulibaly's out now, suspended. For one, for one game, right? For, for one game. So they're going to have to find another solution at centre-back. So that's probably going to mean Rhys James plays at centre-back yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. that match. Yeah. But they, they really need Fafana. They really need a centre-back. But it's happening, right? It's happening. Fafana has waved goodbye to the Leicester. He's going. And Chelsea been. will find the bid and he'll be there. And then James and Cucurella will be wing-backs. Will there be rotation with Chilwell? Perhaps. But I think Cucurella looks, looks strong in that role. I've got to say, I've, I've been impressed with what I've seen. He's, he's ranked ninth in this table, so 0.23. I'd expect the Chelsea wing-backs, like the Spurs wing-backs, to be right up there on this table over the course of the season, right? Have you, have you seen the... Um, do you watch the boys? I don't. Okay. Just, just Columbo all the time. It's just Columbo. Well, there's a... If anyone watches the boys, there's a meme of, um, of uh, Homelander, mm. uh, who's like the, the, the main villain, and someone's saying to him, oh, you're a, just a cheap knockoff of me. And Homelander replies saying, no, I'm the upgrade. And that's Cucurella. That's like Chilwell and Cucurella. Chilwell would say, oh, you're not going to play. And it's got harsh on Chilwell. Cucurella. Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, I don't know if that's actually true. I don't think Cucurella is there to, to replace uh, mm. Chilwell. But at the moment, he's, he's, you can't drop him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. And, and going back to the ticker, this is a ticker um, from now, from game week four up to game week 16, which is the point we can refresh our teams with the unlimited transfers. Chelsea are third on this ticker. The only red fixture is Liverpool at home. Other than that, and they've got United and Arsenal at home in 13 and 15. But their run is superb. Their run is the oh, best amongst the elite teams, aren't they? But it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's a horrible thing because this is where you want to see, okay, can I, can I go a bit different with my pick here? Can I maybe go for a mm. Sterling? Can I maybe go for a Chelsea there double isn't up anything. defense? It's just the wingbacks, right? Oh, well, I've got Mount and I'm, I, I, I want Rid. Like, I, I haven't been impressed at all with what I've seen. But how can I sell Mount ahead of Leicester and Southampton? It's just so... No, you, no, no. You know, it's really hard to kind of get the, get the courage to kind of do it because I think those two games, we, we could see Chelsea get something just because of how mm. poor those two defences are. Yeah. But no. then I look around, I look at the 8 million bracket, I look at like Diaz, I look at like Kulusevski, I look at Foden, I look at Gundogan. And I just think these are all better options. Yeah, I don't know if you sit on Mount, to be honest. I think it's no. difficult. Very I think, difficult. I think, I think it's I'm... Like my situation sure is you know, I look at Saka and he could return. It could be his it could yeah. be his turn to get points. Odegaard got the double at Bournemouth. It could be Saka's turn this weekend. But look at the data. I'll show you in a minute and you'll see why he's been disappointed. Let's talk about Trent, though. Let's look at Trent's data because there's been some chatter this week about do we get rid of Trent? Do we consider that? Given that Liverpool are conceding goals, mm. then it becomes all about the, the attacking returns. Um, but... I'll put this up now. This is a season compare. This is a comparison of Trent's data over the last five seasons. And actually, he's shot per 90 and shot in the box per 90. And his open play crosses and his big chances created per 90 are the highest they've been so far over the last five seasons. So although we look at it and go, Liverpool aren't playing well, Trent is droppable, this data says, whoa, hold on. Hold your horses, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, attacking wise, he's, I mean, he got, he got bonus the other week, didn't he? When they conceded, I think did he get two bonus in that just because of the sheer amount of crosses he was putting in the baseline mm. and the bonus loves, loves players yeah. to kind of put, put crosses in. So I'm not, I'm not too surprised. I mean, Elliot in the team, we all, we know from last year before Elliot got injured that he is a big boost to, to Trent because he drifts over to yeah, the right, yeah, lets yeah. him have more space, all that. So all the signs in that aspect are great. I think the there is a dis. I mean, there was, there's been talk about about wh whether we should even be discussing like Trent and, and stuff. And I'm not here to say that people should sell him or anything like that because I think generally, you know, the fixtures are good for Liverpool, the stats are good, and it's only been three weeks. So I think that obviously the sensible thing is is to hold. But I do think there is a discussion at least to be had. Well, how long do we give it with Liverpool playing the way they are, conceding chances? conceding goals, all their players not looking right. Because that's the big thing for me, is if the players just don't look right. I mean, I thought some of them don't even look fit. I thought Van mm, Dijk... Yeah, no, no, I agree. Van Dijk looks like he's got a bit of an injury or something because he's not turning like we, we've seen him kind of before. I look at Henderson being posted up, I look at Fabinho. I mean, he was only on the bench because he literally had to be because they've got literally no one else to, to kind of come on. 
So already you're three weeks in and thinking they don't look fit. And we've seen them in the past when they've had key injuries really, really struggle in defence. And I don't think Gomez is good enough. I don't think Phillips is good enough. We don't know how far away Canate is. So I think if you, if you completely take away Trent's clean sheet potential, I think he, he, he's, he's sellable. They have, he, has to, he, he has to get some clean sheets. No. To, to be yeah, I, I kind of agree. But when you stick Darwin in and when you stick the fact that he's putting in seven open play crosses in per 90, the, more, the most he's ever done per 90 over the last five seasons, He's clearly being told, come inside, look for the crosses. I mean, with, with the idea that Darwin's going to be there and he will be there in two games' time mm. again. And, he, and he's also coming inside and shooting more often as this data shows. Salah's been playing more out wide and if anything, Salah's been attracting defenders and then mm. laying it off to Trent. He's done it numerous times per match. I just don't, I just think at the moment, because of the small sample as well, I think it's too risky. I don't, I don't think you can say, I mean, obviously defensively, I mean, Bournemouth, that's a clean sheet, surely. Unless Bournemouth get them at a set piece. Well, this, so, this, this, is, this is my point. My point is that the next four games, there should be at least one, if well, not two, clean sheets. Yeah, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle at home, Everton away, Wolves at home. You know, Bournemouth, Everton and Wolves. There's two clean sheets there. Lee, There's got well, Bournemouth and Wolves. They had, they, you would think there. They, you think mm. there, there would be. But I would also have thought there'd have been a clean sheet in one of Fulham, Crystal Palace and United. Yeah, true. And there hasn't been. So if they play Bournemouth, Newcastle and Everton and we get to game week six and Liverpool have no clean sheets whatsoever and then they're going into Wolves, Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, City, I think, I think there is, there is a, a, a case to sell him. He's but too elite, it depends, yeah. on, it depends on, on kind of what happens over those games. Mm. I, I, tell- I want to I see Liverpool tighten up. Okay. Going back to defenders again, a player that I'm looking at that I think I need to sell to do what I want to do. 38 there on the table. 0.09 XGI non penalty mm. per 90 is Cancelo. Now, although City have kept clean sheets, there are cheaper options in that City defence, namely Walker, namely Ake. Ake's got an injury, but Walker's there still. And if we bring up Cancelo's season compare over the last four seasons since he's been in the Premier League, at the moment, small data sample, I know, I know you're screaming about it. <laughs> but in terms of you know, open play crosses and shots, he is well down on previous seasons and certainly yeah. well down on last season. He's actually on penalty at the moment 0.09. Last season at 0.33. The season before that 0.28. The role he's playing where he's inverted and more involved in the midfield play is meaning that he's just not getting into positions to provide that width and his open play crosses as you can see gone down to 2 per 90 when it was a 3.3 last season. I think he still will get assists but I don't see him getting the 11 assists that he got last season. What do you think on Cancelo? Yeah, I think if the rest of the City defence was was really, well, if, if you had a solid, settled centre-back partnership, I mean, Diaz didn't play, did he, in, in the last No, game. he came on, yeah. A- Ake's got a bit of an injury. Mm. Stones hasn't really looked up to it so far. Laporte's due to come back. I just, I want to kind of avoid that because I just don't really know who who's going to play and what, what the first choice is even this season. And I, I just don't like Walker. I just don't really like no, him that I, much. I, I mean, Cancelo's a much better player. And I, yeah. lo- I love watching Cancelo. But I look at it and I think the two million difference, and I've, I've run it through the models, and the models say don't have Cancelo. So, yeah. you know, it's optimum not to have him at the moment, it seems, right? So, it's a reluctant sell like Son, but I think I need to do it to get the money out at the moment. It's, for me, Trent down... It's dangerous because of what Trent can do in attacking terms, regardless of the clean sheet. Whereas Cancelo to Walker, the clean sheet is there because Walker plays at the moment. I don't see Walker getting dropped. He had a miserable game against Newcastle, but I don't think Gomez is ready yet. And even when he does get dropped, there could be Ake there, there could be Stones there. So, you know, we can adapt. Cancelo at the moment, on a very small sample I give you, it's suggesting he's going to struggle to hit the heights of last season. And therefore, does he warrant the outlay? He's That's just fine. got an assist against Barcelona. Just yeah, as your, yeah. I mean, as your, he will. Your, well, yeah, in a in a charity game. Just, 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 just typical. But he will. He, he's playing happens. well. I think he's playing brilliantly. Well, I, I but, would. My, my, my counterpoint was right mm. now. I would rather have Cancelo than Trent because would I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch any of the other Man City defenders. And I just think City, City with, with those home games, I want to have the best City defender who I know is going to play every minute of those of those matches. Where's, and where's Walker as, not going to play? Well, 
Gomez surely can't start in that inverted role yet. He's not can't be ready, can he? No, I don't know. But I mean, what happens if Walker gets torn apart by Zaha at the weekend? Yeah, but who, again, yeah, he might. But who who are they going to well, put in instead? Well, they could, they can move Cancelo over to right yeah, back and play and then play, and play Ake or, or play Ake yeah. and Stones at left back. He's if done Ake's that fit, I mean, if Ake's fit, I probably will move to Ake, right? Because there is a chance that Walker could when Gomez is ready. I don't. I don't think Walker plays ninety minutes every match. I think they'll find solutions to, to mm. ways to not play him because he's he's lo- he's lost it. He's lost it quite a lot. Well, you, to be fair to him, he's not a midfield player. Whereas Cancelo no. can slot in there. Walker is a bit out of his depth in this role. There's no question. He absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. Mm. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking to sell Cancelo. Um, Personally, I mean, I, I also wouldn't really be looking to sell Trent, but I, I just don't personally think that Walker can cover can cover Cancelo, and I don't like the other options, so it's it's not for me. Mm. No, I get it. I, I just don't know how forthcoming the attacking returns are going to be from Cancelo. He has got four bonus points, right, because of his level of involvement. So I think I will lose out on bonus points. It's a trade off. I've got to, I've got to look at it, but Optimum says. You're going, to, you're going to go from selling, not having Jesus and, and Salah to not having Cancelo and... Yeah, well, it, 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 it does you trying, look Are you way. trying to, I don't know, trying, you're trying to give me a heart attack? That's the end of part one of episode 80 of FPL Black Box. Join us for part two when we look at the midfielders and the forwards and make our predictions for game week four. And of course, I'll be revealing my current wildcard draft. Podcast Network.